0: The following program is sponsored by Friends of Life Outreach International.
1: Everybody turned a deaf ear and a blind eye to situations. No one would believe me. No one would believe me, so I chose to suffer in silence. But then as time went on, it went from the verbal abuse to hitting things around me, and then hitting me. So at that point, there was no way out.
0: Former wife of three-time Super Bowl champion Nate Newton shares her story of devastating hopelessness and God's miraculous restoration.
2: Life today. My name is Sheila Walsh. Um, James and Betty aren't with us today, but I I believe we're going to have a a really amazing program. Let me read you some disturbing statistics. Now, this is just from the 2012 um, NFL season. 21 of the 32 football teams had at least one player with a domestic violence or sexual assault charge on his record. It's really horrifying. I mean, I'm a As you get to know me, you'll know this. I'm a huge football fan, not just NFL, but college football. But um, the disturbing level of violence that takes place in professional sport is something that we as the church have got to address because there are so many who suffer in silence. My guest today knows more than any woman should about that. Her book is actually called Silent Cry, the true story of abuse and betrayal of an NFL wife. Would you please welcome my beautiful guest, Dorothy Newton.
1: <laughs> Thank you. Uh,
2: it's, it's so great. It's so great to have you here. I've been looking forward to this because it's really clear in my mind that God has always intended our paths yes. to cross yes. because we have an unusual history yes. of kind of bumping into each other.
1: <laughs> yes, and if you will allow me, i like to tell briefly the story. But in... 2009, God spoke and said, I I knew I was supposed to write the book, but I did not want to hear that I'm supposed to write this kind of book. Mm -hmm. And so what happened was you were advertising a TV special with um, um, Thomas Nelson, When a Woman Trusts God. Mm -hmm. So I thought, okay, if I just write my story, you know, just briefly, just so I can meet Sheila Walsh, that will take care of God's request to write a book. You could just have called me. (laughs) So so that was in March, 2010. I was not selected, but only God would put us together for such a time as this. He is truly amazing. But I remember the first time I actually met you, it was at the end of a Christmas production. Yes.
2: um, At my church at Prestonwood. And I remember looking into your eyes, and you know, I get to meet a lot of people. But I remember saying to my husband that night, um, I could tell two things about this woman. She has been through a lot and grace rests in her eyes. Oh, wow. There was such a combination of pain and power that was just, it made me think, I want to get to know this woman. So take yes. us back a little bit, Dorothy. Take us back to your childhood. What was that like for you growing up?
1: Growing up as a child, the early ages of eight years old i just remember my mom she was um always abused verbally um emotionally physically my stepfather was an alcoholic and um this is was this was normal you know we lived in a three-bedroom trailer six kids parents um it was just normal watching it all the time i remember watching my mom you know seizures she would have seizures a lot, you know he was choking he was it was just a lot of violence, but i w- I am the oldest girl, so I always you know had the mothering instinct, taking care of my mom, making sure she was okay after the abuse, making sure my siblings were okay, and then just remembering constantly continuously rocking myself to sleep, saying, "Jesus loves me, this I know for the Bible tells me so." So that was as a child, you know, growing up, seeing it often. My mom had a third grade education, oldest of 13 children, but she tried to leave. When I was in 10th grade, we left the abusive situation at home and moved away. We were homeless, but she worked eventually. She worked three jobs to take care of us, and we spent a year away before we had to finally move back. It was just too hard, but she tried. Wow. So, I I remember those times, but I remember her courage and her strength to just, you know, remove herself from the situation. You know, it's interesting, Dorothy, because you often think if someone has seen that as a
2: child, then there would be some kind of radar to stay away from it as you get older. But it almost seems the opposite.
1: Yes. I would have never, ever thought. I went off to college. I got a good education. I started a campus ministry in college, leading others to Christ, loving the Lord, having the best time. I was on a volleyball scholarship. I would have never, ever thought that what I saw as a child, that I will become that victim as an adult. And it seems like I was just attracted to the behavior in the beginning I was sharing Christ, that's all I ever knew. I mean, I always knew the Lord. And so when I met my ex-husband, I thought I was just gonna share Christ. I mean, he had a lot of baggage. I had similar baggage, you know, we had something in common. One thing led to another, but I compromised. I compromised my faith and who I was to everything who he thought I was or who he wanted me to become. Um, were there warning signs, Dorothy, earlier on? Even in retrospect, when you look back, you know, not in the beginning, not when we were dating. We were, we just, we were in love. Everything just seemed just perfect I mean you know yes he was he was not perfect in all the sense of what a perfect but he was a gentleman he was kind he was fun easy to talk to you know just a lot of great qualities he wanted to know more about God he he loved me in that part of who I was so that's how it started but one thing led to another 26 years old a virgin and my life changed forever you know became pregnant and as a result, you can only imagine, growing up as you know, a Christian all my life, I mean, I wanted to be under God's covenant. I wanted to get married, I wanted to make it right. I felt the shame, the guilt. All those people I had studied Christ with, mm-hmm. I mean, shared the gospel with, and yet I am pregnant, 26 years old, pregnant before marriage. So we got married, we got married, and it was then when I was pregnant, I can see the signs, but I didn't want to believe it. It's like, no, it's not that bad. You know, it's just not that bad. He's not hitting me. And then, um, you know, there were so many good years like when he was signed
2: to the Cowboys, too, I mean, those were the glory days, yes. which I am believing yes. will come again. Yes. <laughs> those were really the Cowboys' glory days. I mean, three yes. Super Bowls. Three. I mean, yes. And I wonder how much more difficult that made it for you. When you realized things were getting a lot worse and he was yes. becoming a lot more violent, did you feel that you couldn't reach out for help?
1: No, there was no way I could reach out for help. I mean, living in Texas, three Super Bowl wins, no, it was impossible to to really reach out. I saw things, and I saw how everybody turned a deaf ear and a blind eye to situations. No one would believe me. No one would believe me, so I chose to suffer in silence. But, you know, each time, Nate was in trouble with the law quite often, so you know, when the good times happened, there was highs and lows. And when the lows, you know, was happening, which was way often than the highs, you know, I couldn't rest in the highs because I knew something would happen. And sure enough, it's like things would happen and then, you know, I would stay in the beginning because I wanted my marriage to work. I was in love, I did, I loved my husband. But then as time went on, it went from the verbal abuse to hitting things around me, and then hitting me. So at that point, there was no way out. There was no way that I could escape it. Plus, you because had a child. I was yes, I was threatened. You know, we had um, we have two amazing boys together. So it was it was an, it was hard all the time. And it's like in public, you know, it was this public success, and in private, nothing but struggles. You know, and no one no one to talk to, no one to, to really express what was going on. Did anyone in your express. family know? Did you let anyone in your you family know, know? Even family, as much as they love me, I, I didn't give them a chance. Mm-hmm. But people, friends, family, everybody was intoxicated with this prestigious lifestyle. You know, no one, even if they saw it, they didn't want to believe it was happening. And I take full responsibility. I should have said something. I should have spoke out. I should not have cared about Nate's career. There are so many things that I should have done and I didn't do. No, oh, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> you
2: are a beautiful, strong woman, and I believe you did what you could, but you are here today. Yes. And part of writing this yes. book is that you are now turning around to mm-hmm. other women yes. and you're saying to them, You don't have to go through
1: this. And you are absolutely right. What would you say,
2: because, I mean, there's not one inch in your frame that should carry any shame. Mm -hmm. You have, I mean, you're a beloved daughter of the King Mm -hmm. of Kings. that's (laughs) right. You are, (laughs) you are, girl. (laughs) What would you say though, Dorothy, if somebody is watching this, and it might not be a football star, although as a nation we are so enamored with charisma as opposed to character, which is a flaw in our society. Mm -hmm. What would you say to a woman who is in a situation where they think, I don't know what to do now.
1: I can't get help. Yes, I would say to them that they're, you're not alone. God loves you more than you could ever imagine. And it doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter. There's no condemnation for those who are who who knows Christ Jesus. Amen. And that your past does not define who you are today. And that He will take you, no matter what you've done, today, this moment, Mm -hmm. all you have to do is say, Lord, I believe you and I trust you, and follow him. That's what I would say, I would encourage them to just, if they're in an abusive relationship, get out. Mm -hmm. Call the National Domestic um, Violence Hotline, but don't stay. I believe in marriages, I truly, truly do. I've encouraged thousands and thousands of friends who are married, still married today, but I do not believe that any woman should stay in an abusive marriage or Absolutely any relationship not. Absolutely or not. any relationship, you no. know, get out. So I would encourage them to just, if you don't have a relationship with God, just trust him, just talk to him, get to know him, but don't ever feel like you have to stay.
2: And we're also going to have a, a number on our screen that you can call for prayer. If you need somebody just to stand with you right now and pray with you and agree with you, then th- that is why we are here. I'm even wondering, Dorothy, for family members who suspect that something like this is going on, but, you know, there's a lot of secrecy. Yes. What what do you do if it's someone like a daughter or a sister, and you,
1: what could you do to help? What you can do to help is listen, Hmm. be there, be present in those moments. Don't just have someone to just express and share their heart, and then you disappear. I mean, being there is like no matter what time they call, no matter how often they have to talk about it over and over and over again. And more importantly, retain confidentiality. I remember the one time that I decided that I would trust somebody. I asked her, I said, all I need you to do is... Please find out, find resources. You know, I need a shelter. I didn't go into details, but I said, please, you cannot tell. This is someone who I work closely with as as my ex-husband's local agent, you know, with endorsements and appearances. And she went and told someone inside the Dallas Cowboys organization. And as a result of her not retaining confidentiality, he came home and shot at me. You know, so... It is really, really important that you don't tell. And I know it's, it puts you in a horrible situation to just hear and hear and be a listener and not feel like you can do anything. But at the end of the mm-hmm. day, Sheila, it is my decision. Right. And I have to be the one to get out. Yeah. So I need your prayers. Mm-hmm. So I would say to a woman or anybody around an abuse victim pray for that person retain confidentiality and be there and don't just say it but truly be there because they might call in the middle of the night and who will answer you know and ultimately i would say have a relationship encourage um strong positive relationships around you pray that god will surround you with people that can really be there you
2: know, one of the things I found most fascinating, because I'd read your book before, because I wrote the foreword of this book, but I read it yes. again just because I wanted to refresh. And I noticed something I hadn't seen before. This book is endorsed yes. by your ex-husband.
1: Yes, he is. Talk to us yes. about that. Yes, you know, he has a relationship now with God. You know, I would say even after the divorce, you know, troubles don't stop. Prayers don't, don't stop. He went to prison for three years. There were so many things we had to do and work through because we have two amazing sons. So it was never easy. It was hard. But you can't give up either. So he is now a different man. He um, has a relationship. We are very cordial to each other. We are not best of friends. I'm not going to say that. That is certainly not the case. But you know, I love where he is because you know what? my sons get to see their father walking in a different light. And to me, you know, even though it was the worst, the darkest days of my life and what I had to go through, if I could change it, of course I would. But you know what? Today I am who I am today because of God. And Nate is forgiven. And my freedom came from forgiving him and forgiving myself. So I walk in that because God is a good God. Yes, and he is. loves me no matter what. And it's because of him that I was able to press through even when I wanted to give up and take care of my kids and further my education. And By the way, this woman, <laughs> this, this woman
2: has put herself through college twice. <laughs> I mean, that is such a remarkable statement yeah. to your strength of character. That's amazing, Dorothy. Yeah.
1: But I do want to say to you, Sheila, because from the beginning, honestly, two things I did is I read all of your books. You were an encouragement to me, even when you didn't know it. This was, you know, many, many years. And watch Christian, Christian television, Daystar. That's how I got through the darkest times as well because i didn't share the title of my book silent cries because i didn't share i had a best friend that i shared the last five years of my marriage and then even after that i didn't share with anybody it wasn't until years later that i received professional counseling through my church home gateway and that's when i realized that god want my tears i hardly ever cried because i felt like i wouldn't be able to stop the pain was so deep and rooted in me but it was because of him and the professional help that i am free and have been free for a long time by his grace i am
2: just so grateful for for the courage it took to write a book like this to put it down in paper um i know that's always a little Mm -hmm. scary um but i think that you're going to give so many other women courage and because you had the courage to leave at the right time. I think you gave such a gift to your sons. And also it shifted the dynamics so that Nate then was able to get some help so that they actually further down the line are able to have
1: a relationship um, with their dad. Yes, and now they do have a great relationship with them. I don't interfere at all. You know, My oldest, 26 years old, got a master's from the University of Texas. My youngest, 18 years old, his freshman year at UT San Antonio. They have their relationship with their father and I'm I'm so blessed because there has been many many years me and my boys on our knees praying for their father praying for ourselves you know but I did it with my boys Mm -hmm. and my boys had to see me to the point where in the beginning I couldn't pray Mm -hmm. and then I could pray you know for their father so they could see forgiveness in the process as well one life can make a huge, huge difference. I think
2: think of your mom, third grade education, and then comes Dorothy, and now will come her boys. We'll wait to see the impact they will have in the world. But I want you to see how you can have an impact. One life can have an impact in different parts of the world. Please, watch
3: this. I love this continent, and the more that I travel here, the more I... uh, Realize that uh, my heart is over here and so it's when you see the suffering of your sisters and your brothers and your people around you That your heart begins to break It's it's it hurts to see uh, Young kids suffer so much it breaks my heart completely into knowing that there's so many thousands of kids all across this continent that even today, maybe, won't make it. They won't live another day because they don't have food, they don't have what they need to, uh, to survive. So every bowl of food that, that we serve is also a reminder that there's probably a hundred times, or a thousand times more kids that don't get that bowl of food. And that breaks my heart. And I'm reminded of the words that Jesus said when he said he left the 99 to fetch that one. Sometimes it feels hopeless to to go about such a big mission, but if we do it together, and say, yeah, I'm gonna save one, Just one. (laughs) I'll save one. If nothing else, I'm gonna save one little child. Just one.
2: Last week, my husband and I decided we'd go see a movie. We're trying to be more responsible with our finances, so we didn't buy popcorn and we didn't get sodas, we just brought water from home. And when I got home, I realized that we'd spent $30 on two movie tickets. Do you know that $30 would feed three children for three months? $30 would feed three children for three months. $50 would feed five children for three months. $100 would feed 10 children for three months. What we want to do in these villages is to provide food for children at school. If we even provided, like a 1,000 will help 100 children, but here's what I think is fascinating. Some of you could do a little bit more. $1,400 will sponsor feeding a whole school for three months, $1,400. And for those of you who've been placed in a situation where you've been, you know, entrusted with more resources, which is such a gift because you got to give more, $5,600 will sponsor feeding for a school for a whole year. Can you imagine? I mean, some people spend that on a suit, you know, some people on a purse. That would feed a whole school for, for a whole year. And the thing that as I watch that story, and I'm about to go back, Angola and we're able to bring back fresh stories is this is not just business as usual. This is a crisis here. Can you imagine as a mom that you can't give your child one meal a day? We can do something. I mean, I just, I felt so strongly when I saw that piece that, you know, we are the body of Christ. We are his hands and feet on this earth and all of us, every single one of us can do something. Maybe you think $30 is a lot. Why don't you join together with two friends and think we could all do we could all do $10. That would give three children food for three months. It's amazing. Christ has left us here not just to wait to get rescued out of here. He has left us here to make a difference. That little one had no choice as to which part of the world he was born in, no more than my son had any choice about being born into a family where we are able to provide a lot for him. But I think of these moms and I I think of how much you long as a mother to be able to provide clean water and food for your children. So please, would you do something? You'll see a number on your screen, dial that number or go online, go to lifetoday.org and give your best gift possible. If all you can give is $30, The angels will be celebrating. If you decide you can do a whole year for school, that would be fantastic. But let's feed these children in Jesus' name.
0: In remote and impoverished areas of Africa, families are suffering, facing death by starvation. And those hit the hardest are the children. Life's Mission Feeding Program is there, ready to feed and care for these children in crisis areas of Angola, Mozambique, and Sudan. With all of our previous reserves gone and Southern Africa facing its worst drought and food shortage in years, we urgently need to replenish our food supplies to reach 400,000 children counting on us. Your life-saving gift of 30, 50, or $100 will help feed and care for three, five, or 10 children for the next three months. Please also consider a special gift of $1,400 to help sponsor a school and help feed 140 children for three full months. With your gift of any amount, we'll send you the brand new audio series, Living Your Destiny. Here, five outstanding Bible teachers and women of faith share how to live the life God destined for you. With your gift of $100 or more, you'll also receive The Longing in Me by Sheila Walsh and Unashamed by Christine Kane. And finally, with your gift of $1,000 or more, be sure to request Majesty, our 2016 commemorative bronze sculpture. Please call Write, or go online today and make your gift of life to help feed and care for hungry children. No way for me to tell you how grateful I am to see these bags of food. I'm told over 70,000 meals on this one load. Betty and I started out really helping Peter feed 10,000 children. Now we're approaching nearly a half million. And I just say, thank God, because I've seen so many things happen. Children that were dying are now being fed and going to school, and it's all because of the food factory. It's all because of mission feeding, and mission feeding is all because of you. I'm saying to you right here from a miracle in Africa, you are the reason for the miracle. To God be the glory, but it's God's love being expressed through you, and you are glorifying God by your action and by your gifts. Thank you for helping. Let's keep doing it.
2: Thank you so much. I know you're going to respond. It's just, it's who you are. And for any gift that you send in, we're going to send you this new um, amazing teaching series. It's called Living Your Destiny with some fantastic teachers. But if you send $100 or more, we're also going to send you Chris Kane's brand new book, Unashamed, and my book, The Longing in Me. But I also want to say, if you feel like you've been really touched by Dorothy's testimony, we will also send you, if you ask, say, I want the silent cry, we will send that to you as well, because just as you give, we want to bless you back. Please, will you help me thank the amazing, beautiful Dorothy Newton. (laughs) (laughs) Love you. We'll see you next time, God bless, thanks for being with us.
0: This new book, The Stream, James Robison charts a plan for spiritual revolution in America. The Stream, available now online and at retail bookstores. Tomorrow on Life Today, international speaker and best-selling author Lisa Bevere challenges you to face your fears and start living your destiny.